Bird's here. It's whatever Bird's here. I can't play. The ball is just sitting there, Jerry. I can't hit it. Welcome to the First Tee Jitters Podcast, it's episode 24, I think, 24. Um, big news yesterday, could have been a lot worse. I didn't know how this was going to go today, depending on what the news was uh, yesterday afternoon. Tiger's car accident. Um, looked like it was going to be really, really, really bad there for a while. It's still pretty bad, um, but a little bit better than... I think most everybody thought from the beginning. I didn't, uh, I saw it at like two o'clock yesterday afternoon, maybe, which was, I guess, four or so hours after it actually happened. And it did not look very good from the very beginning. Yeah, it was like deja vu. I mean, we've seen this before. Not, not quite the same, but. That was the first thing I thought about too, though. Well, dude, I'm telling you, some of those pictures, I don't know if it was doctored or what, but he looked like his eyes were red at the uh, the Invitational. So, Yeah, that was my first thought. Uh, I just remember when he got his DUI, DWI years back. Was, it, was that four, four years ago, four or five years ago? Yeah, the amount of drugs in his system was alarming. Um, and I just thought, uh-oh, he just had back surgery. Who knows what he's on or what he's taking. But it sounds like he was rushing to get to uh, that clinic he was doing or that uh, – was that for Golf Channel or uh, – I think Golf it has Digest? to do with Golf Channel, yeah. Or is it Golf Digest? Well, he was with David Spade and Dwayne Wade the day before, and apparently yesterday he was supposed to be a Drew Brees. So he was supposed to uh, be there at a certain time and was running late, and I hope that was the case. Like well, everyone's you know, kinda how does Tiger Woods run late? Like, I'm, if Tiger Woods shows up late to me, I'm going to be like, it's no problem, dude. Glad you're here. Like, well, listen, listen to the cops talk. They said people routinely go, like, almost twice the speed limit on that road and that it's not a very safe road to begin with. So I don't know Well, I think we avoided speculation on everything. And I think they've sort of ruled out all of the bad stuff that people maybe initially thought. And I think William's right that it, he was either, if he wasn't rushing to get there, he was probably just driving too fast on an unfamiliar road and clipped a curve and took a nice little ride down the hill. Kind of like if you see a guy driving a golf cart way too fast on the golf course. Yeah, that has happened to you. So uh, you should know all too well. You get a little close to that curve, it can send you for a ride. Well, that golf cart was way too fast. And the good news – Go ahead. That has happened to me, too. We're going to call out Chris Bean Strecker, number two at Lexington Golf and Country Club in Lexington, Virginia. You know how it's a sharp left turn, almost 90 degrees to the left at the bottom of the hill. Well, we recently got new golf carts at that point in time, and he floored it and took off uh, his foot off the accelerator 
which put the car in neutral to pick up twice as much speed and took the turn and he landed on top of me. And I had never been so angry in my life. Yeah. Mine was, uh, mine was dangerous because I could have snapped my leg in half because I kicked my leg out like the kickstand so it wouldn't roll over instead of just letting it fall on the ground. But, the good news uh, is we can sort of talk about it in a little, a little more lightly today, knowing what we know now that Tiger Woods is still going to be able to see his kids and whether or not he plays golf again, I don't think people are extremely concerned about that right now. He'll play golf. He'll play golf. Probably going to be a while, but the good news is that he can see his kids tomorrow. And I think everybody's happy about that. Exactly. Sorry, Brady, go ahead. I interrupted both you guys. I I was just going to say, Cap, I hate to be Captain Hindsight here, but I guess since he's okay, I can I feel a little bit better saying this. Why is he driving his own car? I mean, it, it, if he's running late, like he has enough money, he can just have a guy on a shift driving for him all the time. You know, he, I heard he, other people talking about that on the radio today, and I think they were talking about some people just don't like other people driving. They they said that they noticed like when Tiger plays in pro am tournaments or he's riding in a cart with his caddy and stuff like that. Tiger's always the one even driving the golf cart. So he might just not be comfortable with somebody else driving him. But I, that's he does not have a very good history at this point driving cars. So maybe maybe it's something he'll look into after this. Exactly. He's got, if you if you like driving cars, that's great. But once you, once you have a couple run-ins, it's like you you got to give up what you like just to save what you what you make your money on, and that's playing golf. And yeah, that but he that was like my, he. Had, so that was my thought exactly, Brady. I was actually about to bring that up before you brought it up. Uh, you know, even these NFL, NBA, these professional athletes, they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars like Tiger Woods. They have enough money. They've gotten in trouble DUIs or just doing stupid stuff. Like, you can pay someone two to $300 a day for a six-hour, you know, span just to be your driver. And if I was Tiger, I would have someone drive me. I mean, he has someone climb around on a – you know, private plane. I know it's a different story and you have to be licensed to fly that plane, but like, yeah, just have someone be your personal driver. All this would be out the window. Just it's, for, not even, it, it's not even about like protecting what he does to make money because he's got money. He'll always have money, but it's more for me, him protecting um, his legacy and potentially winning some more majors and hopefully the, the winning Tiger one more Woods tournament. Brand. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, it's, not, it's not about money. It's about his brand. Exactly. Tyre. Right. So, uh, you know, the one thing, you know, when, when Brady made a comment, it was pretty funny. It was like, take any golfer, but don't take Tiger. I agree. But it made, it made me think of the, the movie, the other guys when they're having the meeting, like the AA meeting for cops that have shot people. And they were talking about when Mark Wahlberg shot uh, Derek Jeter, and the guy was like, "He's a biracial angel," and that was my that screamed through my head when I heard that. I don't think there's too many other people that something like that could happen, and you would say, "Take anybody, but not that one." That's right. sort of uh, that's like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and that might be it. No, yeah, I'll I mean, tell you, you what. I- I thought of yesterday, as soon as I started getting all these notifications from my phone about the accent, I just thought about Kobe Bryant, you know, this time last year about, 
Like it's like in Los Kobe Angeles. Bryant's yeah, in Los Angeles, Kobe Bryant's an icon. I was like, not again. Like we can't get through this shit again, especially everything we've been through with COVID and Kobe Bryant dying. American sports icon. It's just yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad I mean, it didn't go that far. If Kobe Bryant's death brought on COVID, what would Tiger Woods' death bring on? You know what I mean? Probably an apocalypse. Pretty good advertising for Genesis cars, though. They just came off a, a really good tournament that I think a lot of people watched, and now their car saved Tiger Woods' life. Hyundai makes a great vehicle. People can trash it all they want, but Didn't great moderately Genesis placed vehicle. Hyundai. Yeah, Genesis is the uh, luxury uh, brand for Hyundai. Speaking of advertising, did you happen to see – I don't know if this is like a new thing that they're doing, but I got a chance to sit down and watch a good bit of it on Sunday and they would just flash up the Genesis logo, like behind Tony Finau when he was putting. I didn't even pay attention to that. I thought that was kind of weird. I thought golf would be the last one to kind of sell out and, and, you know, start selling their literal green space to advertise. Got to Got to make the money. Or is this like you're talking about, um, I noticed some of it like with the, the background kind of behind people when they were teeing off. It was like they would have a computer-generated like advertising boards behind them on the tee box. I did see some that, of that. This one was specifically – somebody was putting, and it was definitely on the back nine and somebody who was in contention. And I was like, they just flash a Genesis logo behind them? It's weird. Speaking of Genesis, I'm really glad that Tiger Woods is okay because the Genesis Invitational was really, really good, and I watched a lot of it. And it would have – not unfair because it would have been very fair to talk about Tiger for hours if we wanted to if something worse had happened. And it it turns out that it is really bad, and he broke his leg and probably has a pretty long recovery ahead, but it's not as bad as people thought. So we can we can still talk about golf. Yeah, and if Alex Smith came back from his, you know, his leg injury and his leg mutilation. Yeah, and he's playing football, Tiger, you know, give him some time, but I think he will – schedule might not be as uh, as consistent and play as many tournaments as he has in the past, but I think he will be okay. I think we will see him play golf again. And, William, you, you said it yesterday. I'm going to go ahead and bet – put all the money that I have on Tiger to win the uh, the U.S. Senior Open when he's 50 years old. Yeah, I was reading about that, and, like, I heard that Tiger probably is going to play too many, like, Champions Tour events, but he will try to play that just so he can get the clean sweep of all the major USGA events. Because he won USAM – U.S. Junior AM, uh, U.S. Open, and he just kind of has to win the um, Senior U.S. Open. So, so we'll move on past that and uh, and talk about the tournament last weekend. Max Homa beat Tony Finau in the second playoff hole at the Genesis Invitational. I texted. I think I texted all of you yesterday. That was the one of the most fun tournaments I've ever watched for it being a non-major and I don't there was a the field was loaded it was close at the end it went to a playoff there were a lot of big names kind of up there I thought it was extremely enjoyable to watch and I know Brady you said you watched a lot of it too yeah which is rare for me I don't know if they just caught me you know the college basketball game was good at like 12 o'clock the the Michigan Ohio State game and there was kind of nothing on and I was like well 
might as well get a little action on this golf tournament and turn that on. And yeah, I got, I got locked in. I got hooked. It was just the, the right amount of drama for me on a Sunday that I, I couldn't turn it, turn it off. Sam Burns led after the first, second and third rounds. Um, I think it, after the second round, maybe he was up six strokes on the field. Um, Saturday got delayed as he was teeing off. They blew the horn for a wind delay. And I don't know if I put it on, on our thing, but I was, I happened to be watching when that happened and they showed, um, Keegan Bradley was putting, I think on, I don't know what hole it was. He had like a, looked like maybe a 40 foot putt and the wind completely blew it off of the green 15 or 20 feet when he hit it. And then right after that is when they blew the horn to stop play. But that's the first, I know it's happened before. I think last time it happened was uh, an open championship in England or Scotland or something like that. But that's the first time I've seen play get stopped because of wind. William, you deal with wind a lot down there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's when the wind's blown, it's pretty serious. Like it, you can't hit, a, a putt you know it's gonna it doesn't matter which way the putt's breaking if it's blowing hard enough in a certain direction that's where the ball's going as soon as it loses speed so yes it's if if it's blowing over 20 25 like if it's getting up to upwards of 30 miles an hour you, like you can't realistically play golf so that's the right call there for sure i got i got really excited because i had put um some money on FanDuel on a few guys par in or bogey in the first hole. And I was really excited that it was super windy because they've, everybody had been making birdie all week on that. And uh, the odds were, I had, I had pretty good numbers to, for them to make par or bogey and the wind was blowing a ton and I was thought I was going to win. And then they delayed it. And they, I think four of them still ended up par in it. So I won a little bit of money off that. Jordan Spieth played well again for the third straight week. I don't know. I guess are we saying Spieth's back now? I think he needs a win, but I like seeing the uh, forward progress with with old Jordan Spieth. Uh, DJ played well. Ricky Fowler finally played well. It was kind of buried underneath everybody else, but he finished tied for twentieth, which is the best he's finished in a long time. I think he still probably needs to to win before April to make it into the Masters field. I think that's the only way he can get in. DJ played well, but man, he fell off. Right when I tuned in is right when he went downhill. I mean, he looked like Happy Gilmore getting hit by an errant car at the Waterbury Open. I mean, he, I mean, every shot they showed, every shot they showed was, you know, him, you know, off a tree or going over the green. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll be fine. He's still heavy favorite to win this week, but he did. I was kind of surprised how, how much he fell off at the end there. Yeah, but he still shot like seventy or sixty nine for the day. It wasn't like he, he was wasn't like last July when he put those consecutive rounds in the eighties together. But wasn't that the tour championship where Happy got hit by the Beetle and not the Waterbury? Yeah, my bad. My bad. Waterbury <laughs> Open is how he qualified to start playing with Daniel yeah. Lafferty. Yeah. His playing partner. I saw a picture today. Apparently, Will Zalatoris looks – who screwed me out of a top ten finish two weeks ago. 
Um, looks like Happy Gilmore's caddy, and he has uh, on his his wedges. He has stuff from the movie stamped onto his wedges. The one that I saw a picture today that said, "Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy," stamped <laughs> on one of his wedges. Oh, the original caddy, um, the kid with the blonde, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Where were the you bleached hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Finau shot a final round sixty four. I think it's time for people to stop shit in on Tony Finau's final rounds because the numbers show that he plays well in the final rounds and he played well in this final round. He had chances to win it and he didn't, but a 64 is pretty damn good on Sunday at Riviera. He looked awesome. He was locked in just seeking the pins on every hole and then just couldn't quite get it done. Have, have you guys heard, heard anything about the Puerto Rican open course or curse? I have. I was actually going to bring that up later. Oh, I haven't. No. Is is Tony Finau? Does that involve him? It it does, but it it's a. I think it's gonna. He's gonna break free from it. So it actually got broken, I believe. Victor by, Hovland. Yes. Yeah. So I, that's why I think it's it's his year. So I'm gonna buy some stock in in uh, old Tony Finau. But before that, it was a long stretch, William, where whoever won the Puerto Rican Open didn't win again and that included Tony Finau it's his his one win correct I have no idea if, if that's where you heard it from then that's I think it was his one win and then there was somebody else who won it and then they they won the Puerto Rican Open again but that was the only other win that they had it was a long stretch of just people winning the Puerto Rican Open and never winning anything else the only reason it's... I knew about it was because Victor Hovland's his second win on tour whenever that was I remember them when he made the putt to win it. I remember the announcer saying Victor Hovland breaks the Puerto Rican Open curse. It, but is is Tony Finau playing in the Puerto Rican Open? No, this weekend. Okay, no. I was about to say because the port. Yeah, I'm sure he's playing in the World uh, WGC event just because of his world ranking. But uh, yeah, well, the uh, Puerto Rican Open it's like second tier PGA event. I'd say like the PGA it's one of those, always um, do. They'll do an event during, like, the Open Championship or a World GC, uh, World Golf Classic event. Like they so do with, like, the Barbasol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Barbasol down in um, it's either Mississippi or Alabama. But, uh, no, it's, like, a lot of guys who don't have a full PGA card playing it or a lot of, like, Corn Ferry Tour guys playing it. So, the field's not as strong. But I, I didn't know about that curse. That's crazy. Um, so Finau shot a 64, Max Homa shot a final round 66. They both finished 12 under. Um, we were all texting back and forth. Finau bogeyed like 14 or 15 maybe. And I texted you guys and Brady said, I'm not worried. He's going to make them back. They birdied the next two holes. They ended up tying. Uh, we thought that was the end for Finau when Max Homa stuck his approach on 18 to like three feet. And we all texted, said, not happening for Finau. Um, and then Max Homa missed his three-foot putt to send it to a playoff. Um, and then I think, Brady, you asked us all who we were who we were pulling for. I just really like Max Homa. Nothing against Tony Finau. I think he's going to win a lot eventually. But for whatever reason, Max Homa's from L.A. He's been on a lot of stuff with, like, the, the no laying up guys. And he has a big social media presence and um, – He's got his own golf podcast. Yeah, get he a does. grip with Shane with Shane Bacon. That's right. Yeah, no, 
His, I like yeah, I like his, Max Home a lot. Yeah, his activity. I'm not on Twitter, but they'll people repost his stuff on Instagram. I'm more of a uh, Instagram guy myself, but uh, uh, Tyler just perked up when I said Instagram. We're, um, but uh, yeah, Max Homa. He's he's got a great sense of humor. Rates pe- uh, band swings. Uh, yeah, he just seems like a fun guy. Um, so I watched I watched the playoff. It lasted two holes. They the first playoff hole, which I thought was really cool, was the tenth hole, which is that really sweet drivable par four that a lot of people were struggling with. It seems like if you don't either keep it in front of the green or or get it on the green, it's tough to get up and down from wherever you're at. And um, Tony Finau had a pretty good shot. And Max Homa hit a drive off to the left. It landed up against a tree. And I thought that was the end. And then he hit an unbelievable second shot from like a tree root that, that ended up on the green. I'm, I have no idea how he did that. But, Unreal. Um, so they both, uh, they both parred that hole. They both missed putts um, that would have won it. Went to a second playoff hole, which is a par three. Don't, I think we've talked about it before. You don't normally see par threes in playoffs, but that's kind of cool. Um, and Brady, you said something about you asked us if we had ever, if anybody had ever um, got a hole in one to win in a playoff, and I'd never heard of it, but you looked it up and somebody has. Somebody did. Yeah, no. 2014, I think. Jonathan, yeah, was, Jonathan Bird in 2010. I don't, I don't remember. And uh, in Las Vegas, Justin Timberlake's tournament, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, home apart at Finau. Went into the sand and ended up bogeying at Max Homa one. That's his second win. Uh, he won at Quail Hollow last year, I think. Um, so he's won now on two really difficult golf courses. Yeah, I mean, two courses that have hosted a major. Uh, so he's he's got the game to get it done, that's for sure. And people really seem to like Riviera, too, and it looked awesome on TV. and looked like it was in really good shape. So I wouldn't be surprised if – maybe a major comes back there at some point no i yeah all like the golf nerds and analysts out there want riviera to host another major uh they say it might be a little too short but i mean 12 under for a regular event is not you know that's no one's going that low that's that's pretty tough yeah i don't think the so. distance um the, the shortness of the course didn't matter at all Jake, justin thomas bryson rory all missed the cut the field was the field was loaded. It was all the guys that would be there for a major tournament, and a lot of them struggled. And I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I mean, we saw Wingfoot this past year uh, at the U.S. Open. Like Wingfoot's not super long. You can make the golf course tight and grow it out a bit to make it that tough. And you know, just because the guys can bomb it doesn't mean they're going to be that accurate. So, um. They talked to Tony Finau after he lost, and I really want him to win. I didn't want him to beat Max Homa. I want him to end up in a playoff with Patrick Reed and beat him. But he sounded great after he lost. He's got a really good attitude. is is very, very well-spoken fella, and he's going to win eventually. You kind of touched on it, and that's, that's why I'm pulling for him so hard. It's like he is playing well. Like I, I kind of feel like some of these people you know, just can't get it done and they kind of choke, but Tony Finau just seems – unbelievably unlucky like that shot that Homa hit on the playoff was unfair like 
I, I heard him interview. They interviewed his caddy, and his caddy just had no idea what he was doing. He was just kind of like, yeah, give me the club and watch this, and, like, had no idea that he was going to be able to pull off the shot that he pulled off. So I really just feel bad for the guy. Like you said, he's well-spoken. That's, that's why I'm pulling for him. Um, William, you mentioned uh, something the first day of the tournament that I know you wanted to talk about, and that was uh, that was Bubba's iron covers. Yeah, uh, just working a golf course and being a caddy, one thing that is just cringeworthy and just one thing you hate are iron covers. Uh, I get it if you're traveling and you're trying to protect your golf clubs, but when they're in your golf bag and you're either in a cart or walking with a caddy or carrying your own bag, it's like, you're not going to beat up your clubs by them clicking together. You're doing more to your golf clubs by hitting an actual golf ball than just clicking together. And a guy like Bubba Watson, he could get a new set of clubs any minute, any hour of any day. I, I just I, – I don't get it. It's just – you see all those golf memes. Everyone makes fun of the guy with iron covers. And Bubba Watson kind of fits that mold with his attitude and just kind of his demeanor at times. So – it fits in perfectly, but iron covers are the worst. No one have iron covers. Tyler, you got any iron cover opinions? Everything's better raw. <laughs> uh, coming up this weekend is the WGC Workday Championship at the Concession in Florida. Moved from Mexico because of COVID. They couldn't host it there. Um, the concession is apparently the most difficult golf course in Florida. Didn't know that. Um, I watched the no laying up crash course video today about the concession. They had like a caddy on there and he was saying that it's, it is very difficult, but it's, they're still probably gonna, he said he figured the winning score would be 15 or 16 under still. So that tells you how good those guys are. Patrick Reed won last year when it was in Mexico. Another really good field. It's a, it's a WGC tournament, so all the all the top guys are going to be in it. It's also the start of uh, Florida swing. I think they're going to be in Florida for four straight weeks now. Um, and then opposite field event, like we talked about, it's the Puerto Rico Open at the Grand Reserve Country Club in Puerto Rico. Victor Hovland won last year. Uh, it was his first win, and then he broke the Puerto Rico Open curse by winning – um, uh, the Mike, my, my Coba yeah. classic in, yeah. um, Tulum, well, um, played a Carmen. I think these, these opposite field events and stuff like this, R William, you talked about it a minute ago, it was a chance for somebody to get their first win. Young guys who aren't up there in the world rankings or guys on the corn Ferry tour, they're coming up, gets a lot of people a chance to get a PGA tour win and keep their status for a while. Yep. Um, I'm just kind of bummed that the event isn't in Mexico City. That was always a fun tournament to watch just because the elevation, I think they play at like 8,000 feet or something crazy. It's higher than the elevation in Denver, Colorado. So you've got like a 440-yard par four, and DJ is like hitting it over the green with his driver. So there isn't going to be any of that. But I'm excited to see the new course and see how those guys fare on that. 
We're not going to pick top tens for uh, the Puerto Rico Open, but we do need to pick top tens for the Workday Championship. Brady, how did we do last week uh, with the Genesis? Uh, I didn't have a very good week, but you guys had a good week. Um, looks like we had Tyler cash John Rom for a $10 bet for $11, and Wes, $10 bet to win $34 on Victor Hovland. So me, William, and Wes are all still negative. I'm minus 15. William is minus 35. Wes is minus 16. And Tyler, plus 41, making us all look better. All right. Since uh, William, you're the most in the hole, you get the first pick here with your top 10 pick this week. Uh, I'm going to go with guy who lives down in Florida. He's not from Florida and didn't have a very good week last week. And he's he uh, sent out a emotional message about Tiger Woods saying he was sick to his stomach when he heard about the news. I'm going to go Justin Thomas. I think he's going to play with passion this week and I think he's going to do well. Justin Thomas is plus 180 to finish in the top 10. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of big names that, um, that are in this one. I'm going to take somebody who, uh, who has won very recently. Uh, didn't play last week, but won the week before. I'm going to take Daniel Berger. Another strong finish in the top 10. Another Florida boy. Daniel Berger is plus 225. Your pick, Brady? I was uh, I was looking through the list today, and I was like, man, kind of want to just troll everybody and take Bryson and just become the Bryson guy of the podcast. He's plus 200 to finish top 10. But then I got to thinking to myself, what if you could just bet on the Miami Dolphins to win every year their undefeated season? You know, what if you could just pick the Chicago Bulls to win their third, fourth, fifth NBA championship? What if I could pick Tony Finau to finish in the top 10 after he does it week in and week out? I'm going to pick Tony Finau until further notice. I'm buying all the stock in Tony Finau, and I'm going to take him to finish in the top 10 at plus 175. This is going to be the week he doesn't. Oh, I'm sure. Tyler, you're uh, you're up a lot of money, so you got a got a little leeway here. Here. Yes, I would like to take Scotty Scheffler, please. Very matter of fact, there. Scotty Scheffler is plus three hundred. He played well last week. I think maybe that was the week before, but he's played well recently. Mr. 59. Yep. Uh, if you need any kind of golf outerwear, hats, vests, jackets, um, go visit Solo Golf Company, S-O-L-O, Solo Golf Company, and use our code First Jitters at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Um, Brady, you had a good idea a while back that we're going to uh, – do a little masters pick them kind of deal for, for whoever's listening or following us wherever they're following. Um, and make sure I get this right. We're going to, 
we're going to start it with the masters in April, all of the Saturday pairings. Um, we'll, we'll get out a list of all the Saturday pairings on the third round and whoever, whoever sees it, whoever follows us picks who they think is going to finish higher or have the better score for that day in each pairing. Correct. Uh, I think you just do it the best pairing. So that way you can watch it Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So we'll, we'll send out the rules and uh, let people pick and we'll have a nice, nice prize pack for whoever, whoever ends up winning and getting the most picks right. And then hopefully we can do it for more tournaments after that, but we're going to start it for the masters in April. Um, a lot of golf news involving the Genesis and Tiger in the last few days, but there has been some other golf news. Um, just some stuff recently. Matt Kuchar has, uh, <laughs> a kickstand apparently um some some guys just have it all you know yeah we'll just we don't have to discuss that in detail but i think a lot of people saw that uh i also saw yeah. go ahead i hope that was just a crease in his pants it wasn't <laughs> a real I've become less and less of a fan of Matt Kuchar through the years. So, um, Somebody I am a fan of is Cameron Smith, who has the best hair in golf right now um, with his, his mullet. He played well at the Masters. He's played well recently. If he wins, that's going to be the best, uh, the best hair to ever win a golf tournament in the history of the PGA Tour. I don't know. I mean, John Daly won with a mullet at both of his major wins in the nineties, but yeah, it'd be yeah. great to revamp the mullet and Cam Smith's a great guy. All those Australian golfers just seem like a lot of fun, like guys you want to hang out with. That's just kind of the Australian culture in general. It's just fun, laid back. They like to have a good but, time. They're, they're relatable down to earth. They're not the stuffy. Well, we, You're going John, John Daly's Daly. hair over Cam Smith, Tyler? Yeah, John Daly is vetted. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I didn't dislike John Daly's mullet, but John Daly had a mullet when mullets were more um, acceptable. I guess a little more acceptable. Cam Smith's going against the grain here. It's, no, mullets are back in, but it's the person that wears the mullet. The mullet, I agree. Doesn't, wear, it, it, the the, mullet doesn't wear the man. If you're going personality, John Daly's top of the list, but I think I'm taking Cam Smith's mullet over John Daly's. Uh, speaking of Australians, well, gonna... Adam, every time I saw Adam Scott on TV this weekend, I thought it was Matthew McConaughey. I can't be the only person who thinks that. Dude, both are extremely handsome men. I've seen Adam Smith – I mean, uh, Adam Smith. Uh, <laughs> Adam Scott in person a few times, and you're just like – that is one good-looking man because he, he's 6'2", in great shape, great head of hair. He's got those baby blues. He's got those Paul Walker eyes. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. But, yeah, got, got to love a tall, handsome man. Do we from... have the sexiest PGA golfers draft? <laughs> I'm comfortable with my sexuality. Yes, we should. I think William's voting for Adam Scott. <laughs> um, William, you texted me last week sometime and said we needed to talk about this person. And 
we should have talked about him last week when he was playing um, at Pebble Beach. But you want to talk about Kamai Johnson. Um, he played at Pebble Beach last week uh, on a sponsor's exemption. He was supposed to play the um, Farmers Insurance Open, got COVID, couldn't play. Um, so he's, uh, at this point, everybody's heard his story. He dropped out of school when he was 13, was living with his grandma, I think, beside a golf course. He was outside swinging a stick one day, and some lady who was golfing walked past him and told him she'd charge him a dollar a day and he'd come play as much golf as he wanted. And he ended up – he went to – I think he went to Florida A&M. Is that right? Uh, uh, I don't know if he went there, but he he's from Tallahassee. Uh, so he um, got his sponsor's exemption. He plays on the Advocates Pro Golf Association Tour, which is for um, ethnic and minority players to kind of – help get them a chance to advance their golf game. Um, he was the 2020 tour champion on the advocates pro golf association tour. And uh, so he played at Pebble beach last weekend. That was really cool. He's been on the, uh, making his way around the golf world recently. Yeah. I just think there needs to be some diversity on the PGA tour. And it's cool that there's a tour that gives them, that gives people of, uh, different race and color chance and yeah just a cool story overall and I'm glad that he's kind of made a name for himself in the game of golf that's pretty cool then this weekend or last weekend at the Genesis Invitational Willie Mack the third played um, he played under the Charles Sifford Memorial exemption um, and he also played on the same tour uh, he's Harold Varner the third played under the Sifford Memorial exemption before Willie Mack was the first player since Harold Varner um, to shoot under par in the first round. He, I think he ended up missing the cut by four, um, but he had a chance, chance to make the cut and played really well. Um, so I'm sure we'll see, see both those guys around. Um, yeah, he also he about, played at the farmer's insurance open too. I'm pretty sure farmers uh, is a sponsor for both those guys, Yep, which is also, great for them to kind of help with all travel expenses and all that because yeah that can get pretty expensive traveling around the country uh pursuing that golf dream but speak of another handsome man he's he's a handsome looking guy as well you're all about the handsome pga tour players today yeah give away all your draft picks william <laughs> you uh you also wanted to talk about the the grow in the game initiative and the first T program. And I don't know much about either of it. So Tyler, I know you were, you were a part of the first T program. So I'm going to let you and William talk about, about those things. Tyler, I'll let you start. Right, what are you, what are you just requesting? I don't know just what, what the first T program is. Cause I don't know anything about it. So I think, let me, I think it started in O2 and I think I was like the first class of kids that came through uh, Heritage Oaks, my local golf course. And so um, I remember, man, I was like 11, so I mean, kind of young. I mean, I know kids golf pretty early on in life, but kind of young to be out on a big adult golf course by yourself. So you went to a couple of lessons, but then they were like, look, golf course is here. You can come play whenever you want. You know, it's free. I mean, obviously, I wasn't old enough to drive a cart, but basically, my grandma or my mom would drop me off, and I would be there for hours, you know, maybe all day, just 
walking holes. And, like, you know, being 11 years old, it's like the average golf course is probably, like, a couple miles worth of walking. It was, like, a big deal for me then. You know, it was hard work. But uh, I just liked golfing at the time. I mean, I still do. But it was just it's all I had to do. I was young and didn't have responsibility. So I took advantage of it. Played a lot of golf. Didn't cost me any money. Learned life lessons. Um, they were talking about shutting Heritage Oaks Golf Course down because it's a muni course and funding was an issue. And uh, I made a Facebook post that said that the first T program is what kept me from becoming a drug dealing kingpin. So I got a lot of laughs <laughs> out of that. Uh, but I mean, I did learn lessons, you know, that most children don't learn in football or baseball. Like, you, I mean, golf's one of those games where the ethics are part of the rules, I guess, or, uh, you know, a, a principle that the game is founded on. So it's a little unique compared to what most kids are playing as far as sports go. So, I mean, overall, great experience. I actually saw the pro that was running the first tee program the other day because they had a sale and I went in there to buy some stuff and he just happened to be there. So we reminisced for a few minutes about those times, but I mean, great experience. If you can get a kid to do that, I'm sure the golf is still free. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer if you have a kid. Yeah. And Brady and I didn't go to first tee, but Brady and I really became friends at golf camp. And I mean, we were, you know, preteens and teenagers but we still learned a lot we ju we joked around and kind of dicked around but yeah the morals of golf are also kind of the morals of life and I think that should be passed on to our youth yeah especially in the setting of sports where kids are more you know focused or more receptive to um, you can't just sit a kid down and teach them how to have integrity like it doesn't work that way. So if you can incorporate it in something they're interested in, then you, you'll probably get far more positive results than you would otherwise. Well put. Um, Even if Brady and I did throw a baby Ruth in the pool. Uh, <laughs> duty, duty. Well, you may have did that. You may have done that then, but now you wouldn't do that because of the lessons that you learned. Oh, we had already learned all of our lessons. We were just trying to. Um... Okay, well, I, I was trying to make you <laughs> look better, but whatever. No, I would do it, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Nah, I figured. The mystery it golfer was, of the it week. It was one of the funnier moments of my entire life now that I think back on it. It was, we got the same reaction that they did in Caddyshack. It was flawless. Did they have to drain the pool? No, they realized it was a chocolate bar as soon as everybody got out of the pool and they, like, used the net to get it out. But <laughs> it was July 4th weekend. There were a lot of people in the pool. That's great. Um, you guys won the mystery golfer last week because I gave too many hints. Um, it was Steve Stricker last week, the Ryder Cup captain. This week, the mystery golfer – has 18 professional wins. Now, they're spread out through a lot of different tours. Um, five PGA Tour wins, three European Tour wins, one Champions Tour win, 
and then that leaves nine more wins scattered between mini tours and corn ferry and whatever else they have. Um, two of his wins were majors. Um, I don't know which ones. I don't remember. Um, this person is the only player from the United States or Europe to win two majors and never play on a Ryder Cup team. I already know who it is. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Language. Were we? Uh, were we? T- were we talked about him earlier? Yeah, we did. It's John Daly, right? Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah it is. Doesn't play well with others. Yeah, no, no, it's not it at all. It's uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, it was uh, how they did the Ryder Cup scoring then, because uh, John Daly won in '91, and that was like the PGA '91, I believe. And that was the year that Kiwa, where I work, of course, hosted the Ryder Cup, and that was like a month before, so he wasn't going to make that team, but. He should have been on Lisa President's Cup or Ryder Cup team. He's one of the best to ever do it. Living legend. I mean, it might, be, it might be time for you to give up the mystery golfer and let William do it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, William, thing, come up with one next week. I will. The, the thing about – I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but the thing about John Daly that's so crazy is that I mean, he just played with raw talent. Like, I mean, he didn't do a whole ton to become a better golfer. Like, he he says that in his interviews, and I don't think he's lying. Like, I I don't think he's the kind of guy that, you know, tells people he doesn't study for a test, but then goes to his room and studies for hours. Like, no, I mean, the guy just Crips and Crips. Well, there's that but, famous story about he was at some tournament, and he was trying to get Tiger to go to the bar with him, and Tiger was just, like, pounding balls then tiger goes over to the putting green and john day is like tiger come get a drink with us and he's like no then he asked him like one last time he's like no john if i had as much raw talent as you i'd be doing the same thing so that's c- coming from tiger woods the best to ever play the game so and then that I says a lot the story the way the story goes like didn't John Daly beat Tiger, not necessarily won the tournament, but beat him in the scoring. And then Tiger was like, maybe I should have taken that drink with you after all. Yeah. Yeah. Good work. I'm I'm four and 12 now, so congratulations. You're in charge of this next week. I give up. Hang it up, bro. Yep. It was a good run. I, I beat you guys on um, – I got you on Adam Scott. I got you on Webb Simpson. Got you on DJ and I got you on Bubba. And the Bubba one, you, the Bubba one, you hardly got us on because we had mentioned him. But it was between him and Zach Johnson. And hey, I don't make the rules. <laughs> I do make the rules, but uh, those are the four I won. So, last thing we got to do is add somebody to the frat house tonight. It should be your your pony boy with the new new updated modern mullet. Mm, I can add him in. I like that. I like it. I like it. Cam Smith, second second mullet in the frat house. We always – I mean, you got to have an Australian in your frat house, it seems. These Australians true. are like – they're great. They're a lot of fun, like I said. I loved it. If I weren't American, I'd 
I wouldn't mind being Australian. I'd... I I agree. If I couldn't be American, I'd want to be Australian. Except they got way too many snakes over there. Yeah, the the continent of Australia has like five times as many poisonous animals than like any other continent. And Australia is also an epic country, not continent. Oh, it is continent, but you know what I'm saying. It's crazy. You know, get tough or die. Yeah. Good work. That's all I got. Thanks, whoever's listening. Go, uh, go follow us on Instagram first underscore t jitters and check out our website at first tjitters.weebly.com. See you next time. Thanks for listening to us this week. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at first underscore t jitters and check out our website at first tjitters.weebly.com. Also, if you're interested in learning anything about bourbon, be sure to check out the Barrel Brothers podcast. It's the Barrel Brothers, available on Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and anywhere else you listen.